Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of RTAF. In this week's episode, we have the one and only Bobby West, a.k.a. Aerothyme. Bobby is a music producer and his catalog is quite prolific. He has something to the tune of 26 releases, I think he said in this podcast, over the last uh, several years. Um, he's been making music since he was 12. Uh, just an all-around stellar dude. And we really enjoyed this conversation with him. A couple things... Uh, new about the podcast we are receiving a few trickles of uh, ask us anything questions so thank you to maybe the four or five people who've sent those in already Um, and we added a little uh, way that you guys can support the podcast in each description that you'll find Uh, there'll be a website where you can donate And that will help us out tremendously. Um, Yeah, what else is there to say? Hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, oh yeah, follow Aerothyme on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or even, you know, Facebook and Instagram. But if you want to listen to his music, Bandcamp is uh, the number one way to go. But, um, whatever you know whatever streaming platform you fancy get on there give him a listen that's e-r-o-t-h-y-m-e the great bobby west west let's pick it up what's up bobby whenever hey hey buddy how'd he do pretty good I'm trying to figure out these headphones here here we go yeah you just you gotta put them um and those holes in your ear? Oh, they go in your ear. Yeah. yeah. I've yep. never seen these things. What do you call them? They're called headphones. Earbuds? <laughs> Got some dang buds. 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 Bud. You ever put weed bud in, in your ears? Um, you actually have like blood vessels that you can get like stoned if you just put nugs like in your ear. Yeah, totally. Like, cr- like cram it really hard. Dude, like really far in if there. you like get all the earwax out first. You know? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get it caught in your earwax. Yeah. You just scrape it out with like a thumbtack. And then you smoke it <laughs> yes. and you get fucking stoned, bro. <laughs> Deep. All right. So we've just... Dove right in. <laughs> How are you doing, Bobby? Good to see you, man. Doing pretty good. It's good yeah. to see you guys, too. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bobby, a.k.a. Aerothyme. Aerothyme. Aerothyme with a yeah. T-H. Ooh. Yeah. I was calling it Eero time, but... I've heard know. 
so much worse. <laughs> is it, does that mean something? It means some stuff for sure. It's uh, it comes from a word that Aldous Huxley came up with, oh. fan aerothyme. Okay. Fan, uh, Greek root having to do with vision, seeing, mm-hmm. eros being love, creative energy, thymia being state of mind, fan aerothymia meaning a state of mind in which love is visible. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Well, it took the visible part out and made it a shorter word. <laughs> a little bit more general. What what book is that from? It's not from a book. It was from a letter to Humphrey Osmond. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. Deep said, cuts. Um, <laughs> to make this mundane world sublime, take half a gram, fanarothyme. <laughs> awesome. And Humphrey Osmond wrote back to him, to fathom hell or soar angelic, just take a pinch of psychedelic. It was the first time anyone had ever used the Ah. word psychedelic. So it it was kind of like between that and fanarothyme? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, according to those two, I think. But one of those words obviously was a little more catchy. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you're bringing that strain along Hmm. into our consciousness, you know. I don't know. (laughs) It wasn't already there. Well, the word, I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like that people make up words and they come from somewhere and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long have you been producing under? Uh, I've been using time. that name, I think since 2007 or eight, probably 2008. Okay. So yeah, you've been doing it for a minute, huh? Yeah. I was, it, I was doing it for, um, I think like six years before that. Oh, what well, was there like, uh, an origin point of starting on the journey of being, Aerothyme can experience or oh man <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. damn I mean like you know like pick, picking that name was just something that kind of just like happened but um, like over the course of you know I don't know several years of, of like trying out a few different names and everything um, just making music in the basement being a teenager and stuff mm-hmm. but um I don't know. I feel like I like always was really interested in electronic music, but there were, there were definitely like, like distinct points where, uh, like I realized that that was what I really wanted to explore. Like hearing certain artists like Aphex Twin for the first time. And, mm-hmm. um, it was a, a moment, uh, in 2003 where a friend of mine, uh, his father picked up a, a copy of an outdated digital audio workstation at like a pawn shop thinking like it looks like it would be kind of like a fun video game for his kid or something. And my friend let me install it on my computer too. And for a little bit, we both like made beats, but he like moved on to some other stuff and I just kept doing it. So clicked. Yeah. 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 And that's super rad. Awesome. How old were you in, in Oh three? 12. Oh wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're so prolific, man. Uh, you have at least, six or seven albums oh man full albums out like, yeah yeah the, the, the seventh one came out four years ago actually oh really uh, yeah it's okay. one of those things I, I um uh at i think release if you count eps and stuff i'm at release number 27 right now wow Dang. but um but what i'm you know really looking forward to is seeing like what happens with the next generation the fact that these kids have like beat making extracurricular activities at school when they're like 10 years old. And yeah. It's a legitimate you know, path, you know, that's yeah. been carved out. It's, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's cool to be psyched about 
seeing what the future generation has in store. Because they're going to blow us out of the water. I know, right? (laughs) Guaranteed. It happens every time. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) it's this like exciting and scary thing. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be shit. But also you you have a certain uh, wisdom and uh, understanding of the subtleties of creating music and playing gigs and all that that gives you a leg up. Just experience, but also, um, I mean, not taking certain things for granted. Of course, there's a million things that I do take for granted that somebody who started doing it maybe 10 years before me wouldn't. But um, mm-hmm. but it's a whole different perspective. I think every generation is and everything. But um, yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew and I our painters we haven't really we haven't had a musician yet on the podcast yeah like what is i mean what is the process of making a song like it it can be so many things yeah like maybe how's the way it can go what what is your process do you obviously from hearing your music i don't think that you maybe do it the same every time that's it that i mean that's really it is just that there isn't one like sanctified starting place yeah and it could be like an idea that comes to you when you're daydreaming Mm -hmm. that you like feel like you have to like replicate somehow and you Mm -hmm. just come at it how like with whatever you can hang on to from what you had stuck in your head have you even like had like woken up from dreams with ideas in my head and just gone right to the computer and everything but sometimes you're just experimenting with a sound or just digging through sounds and something catches your ear and you just go from there or sometimes you like write lyrics and you have like even if the song doesn't end up even having words in it you just like get like melodies in Mm -hmm. your head if you like have music going through your head all day and um and that that could be a starting point or you could like be just thinking of a rhythm you could just be like at home and and that could be you know just like what goes with this and a lot of the time it really is an associative game more like more than anything is that mm-hmm. music has sometimes more to do with how parts fit together than like exactly what those parts are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although both are important. Um, so, I mean, you can really start anywhere and sometimes the part that I start with doesn't even end up in the finished yeah. track. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Huh. yeah. It just leads you to uh-huh. a different sound to explore. And do you have, do you have like, you know, do you have, are you working on, two songs at a time or 20 or oh, 20 fucking million yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't keep I track you, I, I have to every day I have to like dig through folders and every day I remember things I forgot existed that I spent long stretches of time on yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. do you, you ever find something from like a couple years ago that you constantly, forgot about and constantly huh. like more than ever the more it's it's such a like runaway like just uh, like self multiplying process where like the music is constantly like uh, just like breeding <laughs> like like mm-hmm. they just ideas from years apart and from like different seasons of life and everything will just click if you let them mm-hmm. and for a long time like i thought that there is i had to like approach songs there's no one right way of course to like to write a song just right. like we we're talking about but i thought for a long time i like in order to like respect the song maybe or there's something about the sanctity of the song that was lost if i didn't just like do it all in one project you know and like make it like one like thing on its own that was kind of in a vacuum but mm-hmm. more and more the songs that i start are made out of pieces that are taken out of things that i've already done and some of those things um are 
things that were finished and released. And some of those were just things that like happened in 20 minutes one day that I forgot about and then yeah. stumbled on five years later. Hmm. Um, that's cool. That, re- that reminds me of like, um, just the fractal nature of time, I guess. Oh man. <laughs> to just put it bluntly, uh, yes. like how, how some periods in your life will line up strangely with other periods in your life from seven years ago or four years ago or something like that. Mm, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's all about being sensitive to that kind of a thing. And I sometimes think about like, uh, because music is such a, like an emotional, like cathartic thing. A lot of the Mm -hmm. time it ends up getting heavily associated with like what you're feeling at the time that you're making it. Mm -hmm. So when like, like parts of your life repeat, you start getting deja vu and nostalgia for like certain times. It's like the time to like pick up a song that was started then or something like that. And that like, (laughs) you can kind of create this. Yeah. I like to think of it as like this, like crystalline structure across time that, Wow, what yeah. a trip. Yeah. You have you have a feeling in your experience. You live life, you gain some wisdom, <laughs> you know, and you have these experiences and then you find yourself in that same state again. Right. But with a brand new set of ears or eyes. Yeah, yeah. And, and tools and values. Sure yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you like um So you make the song and then you have to like master that shit or make it sound good did, did you like take courses on how to do that or um just just like years of doing it and um talking with people who know more than me and mm-hmm. you know comparison across like i'm i definitely wouldn't claim i'm very good at mastering but a lot of the time i end up like end up like working on my own tracks in the end just to uh you like minimize the budget on the project and be yeah. sure that i'm happy with the result regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's necessarily like technically yeah the most flawless it could possibly be mm-hmm. but um there are other times that i've definitely relied on other people for that like anthony thogmartin mastered yes. the last album and he did a great job i was really glad to yeah. get him on board but there, there's something about having um you know an unbiased like extra pair of ears that mm. has you know an, an idea of what you're going for too mm-hmm. but also hasn't listened to the songs thousands of times and right. gotten super yeah. attached to you can get kind of lost in there can't you so much like to the point that you can't even hear things that are just screaming in your face because your mm-hmm. brain is automatically filtering out stuff that it thinks it already knows yeah. about mm-hmm. like it's like the feeling of thinking you feel like you, you can't hear something for the first time twice mm-hmm. and right. that's why yeah. like why repetitive music isn't even really repetitive when you get right down to it because hearing something for the 32nd time verbatim is different from hearing it for the 14th time right yeah whatever <laughs> whoa and yeah um that's, i mean it's just like another tile on the mosaic huh. you yeah. know but but how many are there and how long is that pattern going on for and what's it wrapping around and you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool how music and art, uh, and other creative endeavors tend to reflect life like that. Like you never, if, if you see something, it's the same way, you know, like, like for instance, in, in my mind, I've met you and we've hung out plenty of times. And so I was like, Oh, Bobby's coming over there's probably a lot of things that are different about you that I can see and probably can't even see also. (laughs) But to you, my mind, or to me, I'm sorry, my mind has just um, compressed you into uh, this thing (laughs) called Bobby. Bobby. (laughs) Which is, of course, when you look into each person, Mm -hmm. 
as in in this example uh, it's a whole universe unto itself which maybe each sound is a whole universe unto itself oh yeah <laughs> each image <laughs> as well that's funny uh, i think we've all come a long way since we met <laughs> for sure for sure man have you, have you guys known each other for a while a long time didn't we meet in georgia we met in georgia at impulse festival in 2012, 2012 yeah june mm-hmm. damn so, yeah it was right around my birthday actually Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I remember you, um, here's one thing that's changed about you. Yeah. At that time, I think you had a leg injury of some kind and you were kind of walking <laughs> around with a cane. That has happened a few times in my life, actually. It's one yeah. of the, I, I wonder if it's allegorical or something. <laughs> Is it like a sure. recurring injury? Or? Oh yeah. But, um, but like different, like different, it could be different legs and I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't want that to be like. You know, your story, my story, but yeah, yeah, I've I've experienced that quite a bit. Um, um, but yeah, that time actually it was because on the way to the festival, I basically walked across the city of Seattle, um, (laughs) with all my gear because I like missed the bus, but I was in a hurry or something like that. And Uh like pulled my ankle or something and it was, yeah, like on the way to the airport or something. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. So I was limping that weekend for sure. All the hazards of being a, uh, independent free agent musician. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we all have to lug a lot of shit around. All right. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's these DJs with a thumb drive in their pocket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like so what, lucky. What do you like what do you perform with? Do you have like a lot of equipment or It varies. Um I mean, depending on what's happening on that particular occasion because there's like this whole spectrum that goes all the way from just like playing tracks in the right order at the right time mm. all the way to like coming up with material on the fly and maybe mm. even looping things or like creating spontaneous combinations of songs without even planning on it ahead of time and stuff like that <laughs> which like one side of that is more appropriate for times when it's like you know just really about just having a dance party or something and not about like you know hey everybody look Exploring. at me yeah. yeah i mean we're that too like you know there's um but there's there's a time when you know if your role is just like to be the selector for that moment for like what the mm-hmm. airwaves are going to do yeah then Keep in that case going. for me it makes more sense to just use my laptop and like a, a midi controller just to like just to like just a small footprint of like two pieces of equipment that right. like one of them is i'm picking songs with and the other one i'm just you know, like doing transitional effects and filters and stuff with, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But then, um, for a lot of things, I don't know. I like to play the keyboard. Yeah, have a few little synthesizers. Oh man, <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Maybe with a little bit more like. <laughs> yeah. Dude. So, so you wrote this last album just with your voice. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I, I really like. So you improv basically a little bit um, sometimes. So uh, yeah, just to, um, I guess to like complete that thought loop. Yeah. Background was uh, in in that case there could be a synth on the table that's maybe mm-hmm. plugged into my sound card. I've I've got a few other like random instruments. Sometimes a, t- a talk box, which is a uh, 
like a way of like putting the sound from your instrument into a tube that you then put in your mouth in order to like produce a like Daft Punk kind of style yeah. or like Peter Frampton kind Zappin of style. Zappin' Roger. Or, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, like robot vo- singing voice that's like singing the notes you're playing on your instrument or whatever. Um, um, I don't know. So, I mean, I, I just picked up an iwi. I haven't like used it live yet. It's an electronic wind instrument. Ooh, um, but I'm I'm planning on like busting that out soon. Right. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm trying to like expand. Well, I've taken the clarinet on stage a few times and stuff, but mm. um, but overall, like it could become like a sprawling mess of things just plugged into each <laughs> sure. other. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, been times where, yeah, where I've like covered a table with just stuff, but other times when it's just been a computer plugged into a mixer or something. So mm-hmm. it could really be so many things. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a time not to overcomplicate things and just play some music. And there's also a time when, you know, like the spontaneity really adds to the experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, so it sounds like you, um, if I have this right, did you start out producing music first and then learning how to DJ second? Yeah. I mean, um, actually definitely that. And also, um, I'd say on a certain level, like by the standards of many people who consider themselves professional DJs, I probably don't even know how to DJ still, <laughs> but I know how to pick tracks and blend them in Ableton and everything. And, um, you know, like which songs I want to hear after which songs and everything like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess in spirit, that's, that's what that is. But, um, what DJing is, um, is yeah. Playing the right song at the right moment. But, um, but I was definitely making music for several years before I ever went to a party where people were playing electronic music and it had mm. so much more of a personal mm. meaning to me than like, a. it wasn't so much about like, um, yeah, like playing for a crowd or even a sound system back then. It was just for like my headphones or for my computer speakers mm-hmm. and for me to enjoy and just play with my friends, you know, trip out to your own sounds. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that, in that way it was a more personal, like, um, inward experience and a lot of those songs i mean sometimes i go back and like find parts of those songs and then incorporate them in things i'm making now because there's something about them that i'll never get back Mm -hmm. but also i had no idea what i was doing with like the (laughs) spectrum of audio i had Mm -hmm. no idea how to make something sound good on a you know set of speakers as the size of a car at that time you know yeah but um there's something yeah. really cool about that when you're so naive and you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Those, some of those sounds or images you can pull out, how beautiful and pure they are, but you don't have the technical expertise yet and you get to breathe new life into them. <sighs> In some ways, that's like the most authentic place to be as an artist. And if you're really doing it right, I think you, you always like at least have like one foot in the, the part of yourself that, that is still trying to figure stuff out. Exactly. Oh yeah. The yeah. moment that you're learning something and something happens, you've created like one of the most authentic things you can. Yeah. Create. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you're like, I got this, it's just going to be stale. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> you got to keep exploring that unknown. So like, I'm really fascinated about the aspect of producing music and then bringing it out and playing it for a crowd. Like it it just seems so interesting to me because being alone and making all these sounds, but then knowing how to take those and like read the crowd and know how to like, uh, when we went to that Threda art show you were playing at for their, like, I guess it was the grand opening, but Blair and I were just remarking recently about how, uh, 
it was like we went in there and there wasn't many people in there yet and it was it wasn't the grand opening it was something but anyways <laughs> it was, uh, we went in there and there wasn't a lot of people in there yet and you were playing music and it was it was softer it wasn't so loud really chill music and it was so easy to talk to and then as the room started getting more crowded the music started getting louder there was some like more energy behind the beats and it was so seamless it was in in some strange way you almost didn't even notice the music because it was just even though it made such a big ex- yeah, exactly yeah, yeah and that was so cool like that must that must take a while <laughs> to learn and to like read a room in a crowd and i mean like, yeah it's a, also a kind of a chicken or the egg thing with music sometimes too because um like unless you're right in people's faces about it it's interesting how like um while on one hand you can respond to what a group of people is doing, the kind of vibe they're putting off and like, you know, um, like the amount of energy in the room, the amount of excitement in the room and, you know, play music that follows that. And on the other hand, if you like are really sensitive to it, you can kind of like nudge things in a certain direction too, where Mm -hmm. like people are, I mean, I mean, I know I sure am subconsciously affected by the music that I'm hearing at that moment. And mm-hmm. if the music is slowly escalating, like I'll get more and more excited without even realizing the music's doing something to me. Yeah. You know? yeah. Sometimes that happens, you know, um, or songs that are like, you know, have like kind of like an eerie or like paranoid or even just like, like, like kind of dreary edge to them or whatever on like, will be, you know, somewhere in an album that I have gotten into listening to a lot. And it'll take me like three listens to the album to realize that like that song was the reason why I like got really like uncomfortable for two minutes like this time and last time. And, you know, but I thought it was like, what was going on in my life? And maybe it was, yeah, yeah. that's responding to it or something. Yeah. I mean, music can help bring that stuff to the surface, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, we're going off the rails a little but um, but that whole thing about, um, yeah, just responding to the energy of the moment. I think uh, a lot of people um, starting out have a tendency to, like, want to just, like, be really, like, pushy with what they want to, like, yeah. expose here, people here to. Yeah, here, check yeah. this out. Yeah. Move, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> this is all original beats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have this, like, image of, like, a, like, a, a, like, you know, like, DJ with a, like, a sample pad who's been, like, making beats for, like, six months or something that, like, <laughs> maps, like, the words all original beats on like these little <laughs> buttons yeah. just like playing them for an hour <laughs> rhythmically all, 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 all original original <laughs> beats 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 beats, beats. <laughs> I don't know for me every time that kind of bander just like snaps me out of it I had like yeah some really like amusing high contrast experiences of like watching somebody playing music like talk on the mic entirely too much and like mm-hmm. having the next person like plug in and pick up the microphone say hello and then play music for the next yeah 60 minutes yeah. without yeah. saying anything and that's just, that's my preferred uh, uh-huh. uh why is it so offensive when uh, somebody playing music talks too much you're like <laughs> because it's not about them like yelling into the microphone it's or trying like to get standing you to... in front of your painting <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah if you were yeah, yeah if you were like carnival barking in front of your painting like everyone come over here <laughs> and, and everyone's like well you're st- 
still yelling and we can't see the painting. <laughs> I mean, it's like the music is the, the like art form that permeates the space that you can't escape even if you want to. So right. if you need to like tell people to pay attention, you're doing it wrong. That's my opinion. Yeah, I would have to agree. It's true. And then I, you know, anytime like a performer that, that has lyrics and stuff has the whole like, I want to see your hands, you know, like, don't tell me what to do. It's like, like one or two of those is, is okay. Well placed. But like, if you're doing it for five minutes, like I saw Diplo once or major laser or name dropping now, major laser. (laughs) (laughs) And the dude just like the whole time was just like, hands up. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> like like telling you feel like I'm like, being detained or no, something. Yeah, no, like, no offense so, to them. That is funny because it's like a celebration that are like they're instructing you how to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I, it, yeah, it's like the instructions that you would see on disposable cameras Slide back in the day. To the left. Like you're like, oh, I oh I turn this wheel and then I press the button down. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah. No, what's that song called? I can't remember if it's the Cupid or the Cuban Shuffle. The Cupid. Cupid Shuffle. Wow. <laughs> I was like, whenever we had, we had our wedding, I was like, we cannot play that fucking song. That, that shit gets me so aggravated. It's like, quit telling me what to do, man. Let me just have fun. Yeah, exactly. Slide to the right. <laughs> cha cha. Now, y'all, is that how it goes? Something like that. Yeah, whatever. You should do a remix. Of we'll that do song. it. Yeah. Cool. No. Jade Cicada already beat me to it. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's okay. I'm. I'm glad he took one for the team. <laughs> I would never do that. Actually. <laughs> the song pisses me off so much. Nice. You guys are bonding yeah. over shitty wedding songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny thing, actually. Like with close friends, how how you bond on what you hate, like. Dislike. dislike as much as what right. you like it's a funny thing like sometimes with good friends like in the middle of the conversation you're like we gotta like can we maybe just say something positive yeah there's just yeah it's yeah. a weird thing sometimes where you yeah. like you positively connect on being like yeah this thing sucks right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah it can definitely that's a definitely a slippery slope i uh-huh. think is what they call those and you can just get it just get into this like Oh, this other thing sucks too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know who else sucks? <laughs> you know what else really pisses me off? <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. But you know, you could also go completely out the other side and just like completely refuse to like say anything negative. Right. Exactly. About anything. Yeah. And yeah. You don't want to be authoritarian worse, about your positivity. Oh man. That's, that's definitely more annoying. Really? It's <laughs> required. To behave in a way which is only acceptable when when done voluntarily. <laughs> Good vibes only. So anyway, um, <laughs> Bobby, do you have... Uh, hey, look what we're doing. We're talking shit about something. We are. <laughs> it's fun, though. Yeah, it is fun. So you, <laughs> you just don't want, it, want to, it to get pathological, I think. Well, yeah. you know what's really dumb? Andrew's earbuds over there. Yeah, I just got he's one. Got in, one in, one out. Looks so cool. Yeah, he's he looks like he earbuds. thinks he's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there, I mean, there is something to you're that. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, well, when you do bond over something you don't like, you, you, like you're you're meeting, you're curating reality in some way. Like when you make music, you got to be like, Oh yeah, this sounds like shit. Let me get rid of this. Oh yeah. It's not working. Actually so clear more, space for more goodness. than anything. 
actually. It's mostly bad ideas. It's, uh, yeah. Well, it's mostly carving out from infinite possibilities. It's like, mm. oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, it's like mostly like reducing the number of possibilities. Cause I don't know, that's one of the biggest roadblocks that people run into producing electronic music too. It's just the number of possibilities. Yeah. Like, yeah. boy, the, the like- fact that you can literally, you know, basically sample or synthesize anything you can imagine. And that your responsibility is to select a manageable number of ideas that somehow relate out of mm. the infinite list of everything that's ever been yeah. recorded or anything that you could possibly yeah like put together um huh. yeah so in that way like there's a lot more um a lot more no's than yeses but it's mm-hmm. just one of those like was that whole in uh, uh like that whole thing about like the light bulb and the you know discovering a hundred ways to not make a light bulb oh, right, before right. you make a light bulb or, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, formula 51 is actually the 51st try or something like that. I'm sure I'm fucking that up, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You can't just go with everything all at once. And that's, yeah, it's almost like you're curating a set of sounds or a set of, uh, colors and shapes in our case. Yeah, we've to yeah, just yeah. fit together in this whatever allotted time or space. Yeah, and the allotted time or space could even be like you know your whole body of work and your whole lifespan. Yeah, because ultimately, like you can't um, physically create every idea. Right, you just can't. Nope. Mm-hmm. They're just like you. It's ideas are cheap. You know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you you know know a few things that know a few things especially if you know a few things mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's interesting I, I mean there's infinite ideas and it's like yeah there, there's a sense of like there's so many good ideas out there and you have good ideas and you manifest them but you're like oh but what about yeah. this one and that one and you're hoping you catch the right one or yeah and i've got a sneaking suspicion that ideas are only as good as their context too i mean oh the, definitely there's so many ideas that would have been good 50 years ago or it might mm. be good next week but might not be good right now wow so you might stumble upon a genius idea but it's just the a- wrong time yeah huh. yeah <laughs> i feel like that's my huh. that's that's what i do for a living <laughs> <laughs> you mean like the like the wearing one earbud that i just criticized hey before, man but it's like the future you just wait 20 yeah. years from now everybody's just gonna be have <laughs> have one dangler and one, one like earbud all up. both his earbuds in what a dork <laughs> What do you need to hear out of both ears or something? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just ahead of my time, bro. Just kidding. Um, Real trendsetter over here. So I have a question. You you mentioned Aphex Twin already. Yeah, I did. Um, what other oh, musical I guess I'm the first person to name drop. In this <laughs> <show>. <laughs> uh, what other um, influences, either musical or, I mean, they can even be uh, literature, like you were talking about with Huxley or, or art, what kind of other art influences your art? Oh man. It's like, yeah, such a, it's like such a broad question. And also mm-hmm. like the, the answer could be different on different days. And, but it's also one of those questions you just like have to ask, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's like a lot of music really has inspired me in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, I could, I mean, I really like boards of Canada. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. I really like the books. 
um, definitely like, uh, like a whole, like oddball collection of just different, like, like styles of music that aren't necessarily things that I do, you know, Yeah. which is kind of refreshing sometimes just to like cleanse the palate. Totally. But, um, yeah, I mean, I get really inspired, sometimes more inspired, um, from listen uh, from from looking at visual art than from listening to music because like with music listening to music I have a tendency to like like get like more concrete like like specific ideas like technique wise mm. about like how I would accomplish something you know yeah, like my similar. my like, technical yeah. mind will start working and trying to reverse engineer things but mm-hmm. when I'm like like looking at an image that gives me a feeling or something it's a little bit more abstract and I have a tendency to think about music like pretty visually anyway and mm-hmm. it, it can be that way quite often I mean you're like w- like working within like a metaphorical space mm. and you have like different tones to use in different arrangements and it, it can get very geometrical but um, but a lot of the time um, you know there's just this uh, like subconscious response to like either like something I see or to like, you know, a feeling that mm-hmm. I might have mm-hmm. on a particular day or a particular night or something that will like manifest in my mind as like kind of a, like a musical tonality that I want to explore. Yeah. Like if I feel this way or if like, you know, if I've just been looking at the moon rising over a pine tree and it just like looked a particular kind of way and like hit me in a certain kind of way, then I'll like, you know, next thing I know, I like want to have like a bunch of reverb and a, <laughs> a tone like, and you know, and go, I'll go from there. But um, just, you know, talking about inspiration, I guess, about, you know, how it can come from so many places. But um, yeah, I, I do um, gather uh, a lot of ideas from other music too, but. Uh, I do have a tendency to kind of binge listen to my own like unreleased stuff for long mm. periods of time and try to become mm-hmm. like really insular about it and yeah, um, yeah deep in the fractal to <laughs> you know find the pockets within the pockets of like things that just like need to need to come through in these you know songs that are waiting to be born yeah. so that's a huge part of my process that's like um, I think the way you pull inspiration is I relate a lot to how you're describing it. I think that's, so you choose the path of a musician. So your experiences and the way it, af- it affects you, it manifests as musical ideas. And whatever I go through, no matter what it is, it's all influencing and it results in pictures and images to mm-hmm. create. Some and vocabulary. A com- yeah. yeah, and like mm-hmm. a comedian, they go through the world and they see the humor in, every, in yeah. their experiences. It's funny, like asking what's your inspiration because like we get that we get asked that all the time and we joke as an about artist it. and you're like oh you asked me what my inspiration is again but then i was well, I, I was, also had that question yeah, though because, yeah, yeah. because but it's, you're it's, on a different path it's, it's like what a, inspires you and you're like yeah. oh yeah <laughs> same thing it's an obligatory <laughs> question right I, I mean, you could answer it just by saying yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> well i did i was careful to use the word influence i oh, think influence. Yeah, yeah it's the same uh, it's kind of the same thing uh but i think a lot of painters especially in our community are mostly inspired by music 
yeah. which is, is kind of like what you were saying. It's like you're pulling just the heart of, uh, of what it is that you want to portray out of a different medium. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Actually, um, like helps you to not let like the technical side of trying to like replicate something eclipse the actual like feeling that you're trying to capture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's an interesting thing about how it's become quite popular for, uh, painters to perform at the same time as producer is playing music and that we both are like pull in inspiration from each other. You oh know? yeah. Totally. It's like, feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Positive feedback loop. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, and it's also pretty hilarious too, how, um, both of those things are, um, like in this case, like in the case of like a producer who's like playing music over a sound system that could not physically possibly have like happened entirely spontaneously in one moment most right. of the time um, on stage next to a painter who is painting something that probably in most cases, although not all took longer than, and will take longer than the duration of the show to actually come together, you know? Yeah. And yet it's, it's not like, you know, that necessarily anymore that like the entirety of the process of something being created is even like the show anymore. Mm-hmm. It's more right. like, you know, like just having the right thing for the right time and, and being able to like respond to the moment to some degree. Like, you know, if you're live painting and you're getting ideas from, from a song and, you know, if you're playing music and you're getting ideas from the room or from, you know, from a painting that's happening uh-huh. right next to you, even yeah. that can, you know, look at things and play the keyboard. Sometimes uh-huh. it's more fun than looking at my fingers and playing the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, Randall touched on it a little bit on the podcast we did with him is, you know, in those moments you, you get that, like a rush or a feeling and you do that master stroke or you do that master transition or change up. And, and then it's, it's like the legacy, you, like what your creative world is, is like this continuation, this accumulation of finding those master strokes or like that, yeah. that one moment to dive in and like do that damn thing. And it, you know, it's this ongoing continuing exploration yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being sensitive, sensitive to those moments is really important. Like they're not all created equal, mm-hmm. but all ideas have potential, but they, yeah. they have to be like imbued with like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Something that just comes through at a certain moment. Yeah. It's like where, where it's almost where your personality kind of disappears. You get, you get good at, uh, kind of letting yourself get out of the way mm-hmm. and, and to let that thing flow through you maybe I don't know it certainly can help yeah <laughs> so yeah. do you have um, do you have a mission oh man uh, maybe in your life or with your making your music is there yeah, that's a great question I mean like I'm, I'm not sure if I have like any like grandiose statement to make at the moment but definitely like to to keep um, exploring, keep learning, um, keep growing, just, you know, becoming, yeah, both in music and in life, better version of myself. I like, you can do that day by day and that's not too much to ask of yourself. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 
keep exploring those edges and hopefully uh yeah keep making more and more compelling art and you know make a some kind of positive ripple oh yeah i think that uh yeah that's uh, at least enough of a mission for me to chew on at the moment yeah Yeah. sounds pretty solid yeah do you think um you know like saying you hope to become a better person better artist do you think um creating music has made you a better person in some ways yeah and in some ways no you know i mean i'm sure y'all can relate right yeah definitely yeah there's definitely um you know ways in which making art like reveals you to yourself and uh that can be really important and uh changes your values too and in some ways can like make them less superficial sometimes depending on you i guess but um Mm -hmm. or um just change the way you look at you know, interaction and at like feelings and at life and having a place to put your feelings and all mm-hmm. that stuff. It's like mm-hmm. really helpful, probably good for you. Um, and then, you know, there's all these ways in which by being so focused on your process, you like, you know, have to like, you know, like not have time for things and for people and like get tunnel vision and mm-hmm. get all self-absorbed and, yeah. and oh, yes, yeah. that can be an issue. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You got to sacrifice a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly time mm-hmm. managing to do yeah. that in a way relationships <laughs> where where you like don't actually become like completely bitter and jaded and everything yes. <laughs> yeah that's one of the challenges you gotta one be careful challenges right? yeah i mean yeah it, it can get away from you like yeah totally it, it's the creative path it's it's funny how it's liberating but it's also scary you could get on a weird tangent and just become miserable if you yeah. don't play your cards right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a I golden mean, set of chains. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people do become bitter. A lot of people just, I don't know. I guess don't have what it takes. I don't know. Is uh, that even it? You know, yeah, it's so or, weird. or maybe it's like because they weren't lucky enough, or they, like intuitively, if their like, ideas weren't in the right context. Oh man, yeah, we're at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes what's fueling it too? Maybe, maybe if it's like all just about yourself. Yeah, creatively, then you right, can, you'll get sick of yourself. Pop star and, syndrome a little bit, mm-hmm. or or you're on a art vengeance quest. Oh man, yeah, yeah. If you're just like motivated by spite and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I guess somebody has to. Like, yeah, you know. I mean, I think it could probably start out that way, but if you don't, again, explore and learn and grow and tap into the unknown, including unknown parts of yourself, including that, knowing that you don't know. Yeah, which kind mm. of diffuses spite sometimes. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's Sorry. the feeling I get from your music is yeah, fuck fuck the haters. <laughs> yeah. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> that was uh was that a preview? The preview new track? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's called Haters Gonna Hate. So you I heard just, it here just, first. Yeah, I just wrote it. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at like a two hour podcast so you just beatbox freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> It would get boring after a while. <laughs> so do you have, um, do you have like a daily rituals or practices? Like- I've been drinking a lot of tea. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to like, like sit down like for, yeah, a little while every day, especially in the morning and like not like rush to go anywhere and actually like sit like with my back straight and mm-hmm. just like pour little cups of tea and just drink tea and 
be with my breath for a little while and been trying to do that more and that's been really good for me because i have a tendency to like wake up in a funk and have to like yeah work my way yeah. through the day you know totally um, yeah and if you wake up in that funk and then you check emails right away and stuff oh fuck your day yeah. is yeah wrecked. i feel attacked yeah <laughs> <laughs> dude uh yeah same so are you drinking poo air yeah yeah, yeah. awesome oh, like what's, yeah what's it, it's a uh, like aged large leaf tea from western china um it's like fermented and tastes super earthy and Oh, it feels really good to me. And uh, it pretty much got me off of, uh, I want to say, um, I'm going to guess maybe 18-year coffee habit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just nice. stopped drinking coffee? Basically, it, it like took over. I wanted it more than coffee pretty soon right. after I started drinking it every day. I'd had it before plenty of times, and I liked sure. it. But, um, you know, every time I tried to, like, replace coffee with something, I felt like it had to be something, like, like you know with a kick you know yeah. like try yerba mate and guayusa and you know arana and all these things and uh and they're great but i always just still want coffee mm. there's something about that tea that um it's just so like soothing mm. and centering while it also has like enough caffeine in it to like keep me from you know like going into cap like coffee withdrawal or yeah. something yeah um and uh and that actually like it felt so therapeutic when i started drinking it regularly i stopped wanting the like the kick that the mm-hmm. coffee gave and now yeah. i drink coffee maybe like once a week yeah and then you really get yeah, some nice yeah. benefit out Whoa. of it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hey, what's the so what's the buzz like um if if, <laughs> if you want to talk about puer i mean bit, yeah it's, it's, it's definitely it interesting it's caffeine related uh i mean caffeine has a lot to do with it but i mean so it's it's a stimulant it like you know feels a little bit like coffee and stuff but it it's not as anxious doesn't like make your heart race in the same way if you were really sensitive to caffeine it might but mm-hmm. um but also um uh there's just other aspects to the tea that maybe i don't know a ton about but that that make it feel different in a lot of ways so so even with like coffee caffeine isn't the only thing that's affecting the way that you feel or the way that your body responds to it there's like oils that have like an effect on your cardiovascular system that are in coffee that Mm. might like make your heart race even if you're drinking decaf Mm. or something um and that all of that has such like a pharmacopoeia in each plant you know Mm -hmm. so so many interacting parts um but but tea kind of has this other thing going for it where it pairs caffeine with other chemicals like L-theanine and some other things that I, I just don't know enough about that um, actively calm your system down, calm your nervous system. And like in that way, um, like the caffeine can do its job better. You don't crash as hard. Like you can um, it's like more gentle and like mm-hmm. which the thing you learn hopefully after a while being just like a, a self-motivated artist is that your productivity overall has so much to do with momentum mm-hmm. even though we're tempted to think that we need to like create like an explosive moment and get it all done all at once that right. can happen sometimes but if that yeah. happened all the time it'd be a short life you know yeah you're gonna be <laughs> fucking running ragging it at the end of that yeah you'd be manic yeah you'd yeah. have to be manic and it would yeah. show in your art too mm-hmm. That's, yeah mm-hmm. if i listen to music from like the more that i go back like into like 
going back into the black hole of like starting out, you mm-hmm. know, through my teenage years and everything, the further I go back, just the more fucking like manic and unhinged, and, <laughs> like the more like in my face it is, the more like, yeah. uh, you know, unsubtle, <laughs> you know, the more, yeah. Um, and there's, uh, yeah, some of the best parts of the creative process require me, I think to be like in a focused and calm place for a relatively long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I've definitely found some benefit from, from tea for that because I can, um, just keep like with loose leaf tea that gets re-steeped over and over again, um, get, you know, little bits of it consistently Mm -hmm. throughout the day while I'm working instead of like, you know, drink a latte, get get manic for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Crash. uh, Crash. Um, but I love coffee. I mean, there's a reason I drank it for 18 years. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, great, if I drink great. it every day, it stops working really fast. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, that's something that. interesting watching as you get older, your relationship to energy and what is energy? You know? Oh man. It's like, <laughs> you know, I used to always want to get jacked up. Like I want totally. a few cups yeah. of coffee or like an Adderall. Yeah. Ooh. Or both. Like, yeah. Ugh. And then, you know, on top of that, you like, you know, I don't know, need to like, I don't know, like think like you know, like fast all day, but like <laughs> uh, you know, uh, dr- like drink yeah, like energy drinks or something, mm-hmm. like because you start coming down like four hours later yeah. or whatever, and and then you can't pump like, the brakes at night when you need to yeah, go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, it's three in the morning and you're still like you can't even focus anymore, but you can't mm-hmm. stop either. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's also this thing to um, having that relationship with needing um an energizing substance to create work is that you're actually um i think it uh it fucks with your belief in yourself there's an infinite Mm -hmm. well of energy that dwells inside of you and if you if you think that you need some external thing to imbibe in order to tap into that creative potential you you don't give yourself the the worth that you are this infinite source of creative energy and then you yeah. can tap into that. And that's the real shit, man. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Very healthy. Well put. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, that, that, uh, I mean, I, I think that there's just this subtle reinforcement of the idea that you don't have what it takes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's the only reason why anybody would ever, you know, like, you know, say drink coffee, yeah. for, which is, you know, per, like still fits. Um, what we're talking about, but, um, but it certainly is a reason why people drink coffee and yeah. including a reason why I've drank coffee plenty of times. Yeah. And, um, also just something that, you know, if you feel that you don't, you know, have it in you to do what you need to do, unless you like push that particular button, then you're definitely handicapping yourself to mm-hmm. some degree. Yeah. Um, you know, and at the same time, there's all kinds of reasons why people use all kinds of things. I know. You know? Well, it's like I said that thing, but I drink coffee yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. sure. sure. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, the single greatest feeling of euphoria you can have in a human body is like being at peak health, standing in sunshine. Yeah. It's know? the best. Yeah. That's, like, you can't really get higher than that. It's true. You know, it's true. But, you know, there's... Uh, it's a it's a big world out there. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool, you know, just tapping into the subtleties of of your body and your mind, mm-hmm. and appreciating those and how high you can get off of these the subtle f- 
amazing feeling of being this confident, powerful, awake, alive, meat body being. (laughs) (laughs) It's different than like, (gasps) you know, it's different than like tripping your balls off and having MDMA and like being ecstatic and in this crazy heightened state. Yeah. And it's like, I that. have no idea what that is. Like, <laughs> like it's called that candy you know. flipping. I think <laughs> like I believe they cool. call that reefer. We, <laughs> 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 Do you, have you guys ever they taken like they a don't complete? Call that reefer. <laughs> I believe they call that the Mexican devil weed. It makes your eyes fall out. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I, I've heard it called both things. So, well, I don't want to get into semantics too much. But uh, have you guys ever taken a long break off of all substances? Because uh, I've, I've been thinking about that recently. Well, okay, um, so all like subs- okay, okay, okay. Let's uh, again, uh, let's uh, not uh, split uh, hairs. But things that uh, change your conscious state of mind. You mean like not, food? That's not food. Oh. Um, so mushrooms don't count. Mm. <laughs> 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 All right. That's Next a tricky question. Little, that's a, <laughs> tricky little loophole there. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Caffeine, uh, ganj, oh. psychedelics, whatever you need to shove up your butt to get you going in the morning. <laughs> Oh, this is a pretty personal question. <laughs> it is coffee now. enemas. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. You, do coffee have enemas you? count? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never done that actually. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Like completely. What's, dr- what's it like? I don't know. Paint yeah. us a picture here. I would imagine. Oh, I don't. I today. haven't. Oh, you no, have this guy. No, I haven't. Oh, but yeah, I, none I of ima- us have. I would imagine so you'd get That's what crazy. I was trying to ask. Is like, if anyone is. is There's been there. got to be a caffeine rush involved. Yeah, for sure. There uh, must be. Because you'd absorb it immediately into your blood system. Yeah. That's why people put drugs in their butt. That, that must be why people <laughs> do that. Maybe I should start butt chugging my coffee in the morning. Yeah, people, <laughs> people are getting yeah, such, dude. such this like intense. It's like, like a keg stand, but different. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I feel so detoxed. <laughs> and then they tell everyone that will how, listen. How good they felt. Yeah, yeah. How awesome it is and how they should do it. And but that's that their not friend drugs. has a coffee a, isn't drugs. A spot on Pearl <laughs> yeah. Street that you can go get coffee enemas at. <laughs> Sorry, I just went tangential there. But have you guys seriously ever not had caffeine? Clarity nicotine? is awesome. Yeah. 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 Have, For a long period of time? I mean, uh, man, like... This, a few days? Even? Yeah, what is... Like sure. I mean, five, what is, six hours? <laughs> I, I think the longest break from caffeine that I've ever taken um, since maybe middle school is maybe 10 days. Damn. It's pretty middle good. school. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I couldn't even there was always taste coffee. In coffee. The I mean, Wait, you drink like, coffee in middle school? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's Ooh. the thing. It's like I never saw my parents drunk. I never saw my parents yeah. use tobacco. Neither of those things are, like, appealing to me whatsoever. Right. I've still never been drunk. But, like. Really? Nice. Yeah, but, like, coffee? Ooh. Huh. Like, you know, if I start drinking it, I can't stop. Wow. You've never been drunk. I mean, I've been, like, you know, like a little. A little buzzed. A little buzzed, Yeah. That's well, cool, man. I go to sleep with a glass of wine, but yeah, uh, I respect that. You I mean, probably, which I still yeah. don't actually really like to do, honestly, because I wake <laughs> up slow the next day. It's yeah. fucking not good. I mean, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, different meds for different peeps. So. Mm-hmm. Sure, That's cool. You sound pretty tapped into the way you feel, which is actually a surprisingly kind of rare. rare thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we spend so much of our energy like 
on you know we the the proverbial we the royal we the royal we (laughs) (laughs) just just trying to like detach from what we feel because so much of what people feel in life is so uncomfortable (laughs) yeah yeah it's painful Mm -hmm. yeah do you uh is that a weird feeling that when you're not drinking and you're in an environment where a lot of people are drunk it's actually really reinforcing to me because Mm. people who are drunk usually aren't behaving in ways that i would want to yeah it's very unattractive unless you're drunk too and you don't notice it yep yeah that's that's a thing that is a thing i mean i'm not trying to be a snob either i mean it's not like i've never gotten like swept off my feet before in one way or another (laughs) in life and made a fool of myself yeah certainly certainly um just that you know i don't need another reason to do that Mm -hmm. but it's interesting how it's like the uh it's the culturally accepted oh sanctioned yeah way and it's the most altered. dangerous it's yeah. literally the worst most dangerous drug you could like uh, out of the ones that aren't going to like outright kill you when you try them or whatever right. like mm-hmm. you know it's i mean although it may yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. you drink a whole bottle of jack daniels man you're dead yeah. yeah i mean and you can just go buy that at the store so like you know meanwhile they're like trying to regulate how much weed you can smoke or whatever but, <laughs> you know nobody has you know you know the story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody never died from smoking too much <laughs> Turn this into a maps rally. Yeah. Oh, I mean, did you, you know, work for maps? I, I interned. Like, I interned okay. for, for a little bit. Oh, yeah. No I mean, way. I was just, it was, uh, yeah, I was, um, 20 years old and, uh, should we, yeah. should we explain what maps is for? Yeah, just probably. Yeah. It multi, the yeah, multidisciplinary yeah. association for psychedelic studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a beacon of light in our community and yeah. really soon to be the world. I'm sure once, once this uh, gospel spreads. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they're making the news left and right right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and for good reason. I mean, you know, a cure for PTSD is, you know. Is enough. That's that's enough to justify so much, <laughs> right. honestly. But, but, like, there's so much more to it than that. Totally. And that alone is a complete refutation of, like, everything that, like, our like drug laws that exist in this country and in the world say about the substances in question that are, Mm -hmm. you know, being explored for their therapeutic benefit. Mm Because I mean, a lot of those laws hinge on the notion that there's no medical benefit for the substances that are banned. Right. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they don't have any footing to, to stand on really. Basically. Yeah. And if you look at drug laws, um, they're mostly, made up out of thin air in order to serve the purpose of targeting groups or individuals that the lawmakers themselves don't like. Like if you look at mm -hmm. psychedelics, um, for a while it was legal, like completely legal for like 10, 10 years or so, something like that. They got associated with the anti-war movement. Hippies. And so they they wanted a way to silence the anti-war protesters. And And, I mean, that's the same reason why they flood the ghettos with crack. crack, They can just arrest whoever they want, plant Mm -hmm. whatever they want on whoever they want and pin whatever they want, justify putting whoever they want away. And the crack laws are so much more um, harsh than the cocaine laws. It's the same drug. And, but cocaine is, it it costs more, so yeah. if you yeah. have money, yeah. it's the you bougie can buy version. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what's funny too is the war on drugs. How much PTSD that created, and then 
<laughs> MDMA a schedule one drug is the thing that's going to heal yeah the pain yeah <laughs> at least you know PTSD yeah I, I mean we are talking about um, you know a substance combined with psychotherapy outright like ridding more than half of the people who try it of their post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms when like the next best relief available to people is you know you 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 are one of the lucky ones if it works at all mm-hmm. right yeah so it's a no-brainer honestly yeah. and that that plays into also i mean the alternative is like psychiatric meds that you have to take every day that don't and, yeah, yeah don't even and just cure like, you and like just like we were talking with um sacrificing your power to stimulants to do work it's mm. like mdm MDMA assisted therapy, it shows you your own mm-hmm. strength and power exactly. and you don't need to take it every day. It actually it, sets it you free. You. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's in fact the problem. I mean, when it comes to, uh, you know, getting these things into the mainstream when, when, uh, it's such a profitable industry to make people rely on the continuous use of maintenance doses of strange chemicals that they can only get from the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also props up the prison industrial complex as we were talking about. Oh man, we're going ago. deep. <laughs> going deep. Yeah. I mean, did you know that the first car was made out of hemp? No. Oh, yeah, way. I heard about that. The body was really? made out of yeah, hemp. Yeah, yeah, all the like plastic in, the, in hemp plastic, plastic. yeah, plastic. in okay. the first uh, Model T, first Ford car and it ran on hemp. Fuck yeah. Ran on hemp. Oh, and there was another thing I heard. Now, I don't 100% know the validity of this, but apparently they used to feed um, livestock, cows and pigs. They would feed them hemp. And they were so happy. And they, well, and so they had, they were eating CBD. Uh-huh. So in the food supply was CBD and that's, and then that got eliminated from our diet. And then that's why CBD is now this miracle cure for all these ailments. That's because we used to have it all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. We had these natural cannabinoid that's receptors. Uh, we Makes have, sense. Yeah, but yeah, we have a whole true. system in our bodies <laughs> for receiving the, the, the chemicals that the cannabis plant makes. And mm-hmm. yeah. you might, in fact, be deficient if, <laughs> you know, if you're not interacting with the right plants. Although I have known people who are like allergic. To, oh you know, yeah, yeah sure, sure but i mean you can be allergic to a lot of things yeah that's true mm-hmm. wait so so what were you doing at maps oh nothing special really just helping <laughs> out um just helping out uh i mean like i ran errands for them and i like installed a doorknob in the office and I posted like articles <laughs> nice. on their facebook page for a few weeks there it was that's doing re- that it's really fun to be a part like of that, that though. That's but cool. yeah what really mattered at that point was i was in some tiny way contributing to something I believed in meeting people who were doing the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was right before I really started touring, playing music and stuff. So nice, which was ultimately what, you know, like whisked me away from that whole situation. But I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of those people. And whenever I go to Santa Cruz, I like to drop into the office and just say hi. And I was doing the thing there. And so you were living in California. Yeah. Yeah. Just for a few months while I was doing that. Where are you from? Virginia. Cool. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this just popped in my head because you have a really awesome show coming up at that um, planetarium. That's right. Yeah. 
in the Science Museum of Virginia. Yeah. When is that? Uh, Richmond. Um, it's the 27th and 28th of September. I'm playing on the 27th. Um, it's a up-tempo night on the 27th and mm-hmm. then down-tempo on the 28th. Nice. Um, Kalia Scintilla is headlining. Kuali is also playing on the same night yeah. that I'm playing. And that's nice. going to be awesome. Nice. Our boy Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going we're gonna to get one in with him pretty soon. Oh, good. After the burn. Oh, good. He'll have <laughs> lots to say after that. <laughs> So did you like, it's dusty out there. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, did you start producing music when you lived in Virginia and Mm -hmm. then move because of it or? I mean, that had to do with it for sure. There's a lot of reasons, but, um, but largely, I mean, it wasn't the right place for me to pursue a career making the kind of music that I make. Sure. Um, and it still isn't, but it's really awesome to see how like people are, making a scene out there now people are um like going back to like richmond for example when when i lived around there like um not in richmond but near it there you know i couldn't have i had no idea where to find my niche Mm. and now i i look at what's going on over there and there are just people like putting together events with like the kind of music and the kind of art that I'm all about. And it's like, where were you guys when I lived there? (laughs) But on the other hand, I'm kind of glad that like, first off that somebody's doing that Mm -hmm. and that that gives me, you know, like, um, this, uh, you know, connection back to my old stomping grounds in a way, but also that I didn't stay where Mm -hmm. I grew up. Because important. Yeah, because uh, that, I mean, there was so much growing up that had to happen in order to like, yeah, just like be a a self-employed independent artist traveling by myself without an anchor point for for so long. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, in order to have that experience, I had to be dissatisfied with where I grew up. Yeah, so there's something. Yeah. There's a lesson in there somewhere. Yeah. It plays into like the the hero's journey, you know. Oh yeah. You leave home to discover something, and then you become part of a movement that then influences the culture. And then you get to come back to your home and participate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, cool. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, thing. the hero's journey is not complete until it comes full circle. That's, that's right. yeah. for sure. That return home aspect uh-huh. is one I've been. And you know, <laughs> we, we paint it like out. a circle, but it's really such a spiraling continuous thing yeah yeah just keeps happening yeah Mm -hmm. do you do you have any um big goals or uh, (laughs) big ideas for what you could do with your music oh man some of those i'm like almost scared to like to divulge yeah because if you you say someone could snatch it up uh, yeah okay there's like with more means yeah yeah or just you know it could you know do it before i have the chance or Mm -hmm. yeah i mean but i mean at the same time i mean there's just i mean what to be vague um i mean i definitely um i'm interested to hear like more like harmonic colors in the like kind of electronic music that I'm involved in making, you know, more, um, I mean, not, not to say that there's nobody doing this, but just that there needs to be more of it, just mm-hmm. more, uh, like, um, you know, different tonalities, different tunings, different like kinds of harmony and stuff, different, like, uh, I mean, I've been, um, trying to like break out of, uh, you know, kind of the, like, like minor and major scales on like the piano notes thing that mm-hmm. it's like so straightforward and relatable, but also just like everywhere. But, um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not really even 
to say much about I mean okay so here's something that one of the things one of the things that uh, I I feel like I'd like to experiment with don't know when I'll get to do it and wouldn't mind see in fact I'm not I, I feel like it's been done and I wouldn't mind seeing a bunch of different people do it in different ways <laughs> is um, making music using um, the overtone series of like the natural harmonic overtone series of a root frequency that would be like the main like bass frequency of a song but making the entire piece of music like retunable like intentionally composing it to be retunable to like any like room any space where you can hmm. um like go find the resonant frequency of the room that you're going to play in before you play in it Ooh. and um and actually like instead of doing like i don't know if this is just like a terrible idea but <laughs> <laughs> instead of doing what people normally do to like kind of level out um <clears throat> the sound levels across like different keys of music being played in a room people like tend to like sound engineers will suppress the resonant frequencies mm-hmm. of the room so that they don't unintentionally like resonate spike. the space yeah spike when you happen to hit those frequencies or uh-huh. something so that you know things can stay relatively level even when you're changing frequencies in your music and those frequencies are interacting with the geometry of the space you're in but if instead you were planning on resonating the space you know if wow. everything in like a piece of music was uh you know what actually like geometrically related to the way that the air moved in that room granted where the speakers are positioned or whatever and having that figured huh. out um so you're like playing the room as an instrument yeah. completely uh, yeah. i'm and this isn't again to be clear something that i'm actively doing right now it's just one of a you know one of the ideas that's like kind of lofty that i wouldn't mind sharing and hopefully somebody does take that and run with <laughs> yeah. it it's really interesting me what's idea. up um, cool. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to mix things a little differently too, because again, you you wouldn't be um, going for like an even like sonic um, landscape across different keys. You would be like focusing on one resonant frequency, and you'd be intentionally creating resonance. And so you, you know, like the I don't know the the whole like the way you'd engineer that sound would be different because mm-hmm. you'd want like room reverb. You'd right. be going for that, but you also wouldn't want to make people's ears bleed. Right. Either, yeah. You know, <laughs> obviously it's cool. How would you, is, um, how would you calculate feedback into that equation? Oh, right. Well, I mean, at that point, like, I mean, you'd maybe not be using a microphone for one. Um, like, mm-hmm. and that would, be a major source of feedback if you were getting like build up resonance in a room you and know? you had your talk back mic or something. sure yeah, yeah yeah that might but um but, but you I usually thinking, plug just kind of directly in right yeah depending yeah. on what i'm doing but if i'm not going to be like playing the talk box or singing or yeah, anything yeah. like that i'm probably not going to use a mic and i don't like to just like chat on the right. mic when yeah i mean but that we talked about that right throw your hands up yeah <laughs> I mean, because I mean, a lot of the time it's like I'd rather your eyes were closed, man. Because yeah. it's like, I mean, I mean, not. I mean, that's maybe just a crude way of saying like it. It'd be better to be like listening to music than like putting any kind of like special like value on like what I do or say. You know, totally. <laughs> no, that's a good idea. You've heard of uh, silent discos, but what about a blind disco? Blind disco. There are Ooh. artists who like prefer to play in the dark. Right. They do exist, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, totally pitch black. Um, you know, actually, um, uh, there's, 
a friend of mine, um, Tammy Beatty, uh, recently did like a year ago or something like a blindfold party, like a blindfold ecstatic dance. In wow. Boulder. That's interesting. It was, it was at the Integral Center, which they just uh, fucking yeah, demolished. Just, like, what happened? Ago. I don't Do you know what the, with I, the I, I guess they, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess they couldn't pay for it or they got bought out or something, but Boulder's expensive. I got a lot of memories in that spot. Um, yeah. But I did happen to be lucky enough to notice the demolition was happening while it was happening mm. and run over there with a microphone, <laughs> get one of the brick walls yeah. coming down, Damn. which I haven't used yet, but I will. <laughs> yeah. That's cool that you let actual sounds from life uh, influence your process and, and the songs that are made. Like, I, I love your sound palette. I really nice. do. Like birds and chirping and nature sounds and sometimes clips yeah. of like you and I could tell it's like you and your friends talking oh, shit yeah. or something sometimes yeah, yeah. Uh, or even even like sometimes I happen to be lucky enough to be running the microphone when something really personally significant happens and then mm-hmm. somehow like like having a little piece of that being replayed through my headphones while I'm working on a song mm. will like cause me to take the song in a certain direction or really I mean cool. every recording is a memory and mm-hmm. we were talking about that that whole idea of uh, like creating associations between like different points in time, kind of like building that like memory web that mm-hmm. the music is like it's that the music grows from. I don't know if that's a good way to describe it. Well, certainly a way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Do you walk around? You said you have a Zoom recorder. I right? have a Tascam, but it's okay. it's similar in a lot of ways. Um, just uh, with uh, two little condenser mics on the top of it um, mm-hmm. that can be like pointed either across each other or uh, away from each other. So it records in stereo. So it, it oh, does, rad. you know, when you put on headphones, make you feel a little bit like you're there with your mm-hmm. ears pointed in the direction the mics are pointed. And um, yeah, so I mean, I fell in love with those things the f- very first time that a friend of mine, as we were working on music in a studio said like hey let's take this microphone out into the woods and record some stuff and then come back and i'm like yes uh-huh. spent all day just like drumming with sticks and like uh-huh. dropping rocks on bigger rocks and chasing down birds to try to get like a clean recording so cool. of them singing that's almost like your version of the sketchbook oh what is what is that tell me well, about we, this well, artists. Oh, oh, of a, oh! I thought yeah. you're like, like I heard that like as a proper noun. Like, oh uh, no, no, no! <laughs> it's like sketchbook, you know, no, like no, the no. notebook. I, I always have a yeah. sketchbook in my oh, yeah. backpack. You know, everywhere I yeah. go, you jot down an idea, or maybe yeah. something. And yeah, that's like especially your, if you're using it, like you know, I definitely will like beatbox ideas in the mic when I'm just like you know not at the, you know, if I have something in my head, like yeah. oh, what if it went like, boom, 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 and then just that, and then that could be, I don't know, that could turn into just completely replace, you know, not, not use that recording at all in a production, but then like, mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, it's fit, you know, if I had something like that stuck in my head at some point walking down the street, yeah. I could preserve like at least the, the notion of it. Right. Yeah. But, um, but a lot of the time when I'm actually like gathering sounds, um, those things do end up actually in inside productions and everything could be really strange combinations of like you know um like rattling uh the keys in your pocket 
percussively like mixed with like the brakes on a bus that passed you while you were walking down the road mixed with um you know a bird call that slowed down two octaves with like a m- opening filter on it mixed with the waitress that was slapping the table with the with the washcloth that one time when you were at the restaurant mixed with a camera shutter click mixed yeah. with you know and that could all just be one sound you know uh-huh. um uh, so many possibilities. I mean, a lot of the time it gets really exciting for me when I can like part, partly like dimly parse out where like all the sounds are coming from or like what things quote unquote are. Yeah. But not so much that it distracts me from just listening to it as sound. Um, and I mean, that's always been a big part of like for me, just like of the joy of listening to the music is uh, a big part of it has just been sound in the way that it, you know the way that it feels to hear something and and not have it um mean anything other than just like how it sounds mm-hmm. like how how it fi- hears how it feels <laughs> how it feels to hear that sound <laughs> um and that um and it's one of the reasons I love synthesizers too like just as right. much as you know gathering acoustic recorded sounds is because you don't have that like same association most of the time it's just it's a sound you know mm-hmm. um but we're surrounded by waves all yep. the time. Waves constantly. You can't find a silent moment or a silent place. You'd have to go to outer space. That's true. <laughs> That's interesting. That idea of like w- weaving this tapestries of the sounds of the world. And, and then the music becomes like this reflection of life itself. Uh, music it's is amazing. not different from life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Herbie Hancock said that. <laughs> nice. I believe he wasn't the first. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, would you have um, maybe some words of advice for younger music producers out there? Um, I mean, obligatorily, I just like have to say, like, make what you want to hear, not what you would think other people want to hear. Yeah. Completely, because, you know, there's, you know, some strange, like, confluence of factors, some exotic chemistry that is you, you know? And, uh, and you have the opportunity to represent what you think is awesome. So like that you should do that. And, um, there's always, you know, like a million people following whatever trend is happening at the time. And all those trends are there for a reason and are there to be learned from. And there's a reason why people like certain things, but like, you know, you get the chance to explore what presses your buttons and the better that you do that, the more convincing, the more compelling it becomes in the end. I think so. And the sound yeah, becomes timeless. You know, there's, there's, you know, look at like progressive house music. It's like so, so much of it gets lost to time, but then there's certain homies that make some stuff that is just always going to be great. Yeah. And people can say what they want, but you know, like dead mouse and strobe, like, that is that motherfucker. That song, at least for me, <clears throat> yeah. will always be amazing. Like, you know, you take like maybe like a genre of music, but then you really put this like unique stamp on it. Y- your translation of, I don't know, what it sounds like to you and not being like everybody else. Right. Right. There's, I think, a part of probably all of us that's sensitive to, um, on some level, like, the difference between things that are like 
just authentic expressions of themselves and things that are imitations of things. But there's a little bit of both in everything. And also not everybody even cares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, however, do you care? Mm, yeah. That's, as an artist. And yeah. That's the question we revisit every day, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have, uh, do you ever have, waning interest in music or you know there are days i have you know more of an inclination to like listen or to write Mm -hmm. than other days um and um but you know i i don't like have another job and i don't have um you know another um like i'd say anywhere near as developed anyway of an outlet for like what I experience in life, what I, what I think and what I go through. I mean, I can like post about things on the internet, but that's just like not as enriching to me, even though it may, it may in fact be important that we all talk on the internet. It may in fact be important. It certainly is to, yeah. but, to an extent. Yeah. But there's something about like about the feeling of having something come through in the music, having something compelling happen that cannot be replaced for me. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm more like motivated on some days than others, I'm always glad when I make music. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, getting started can be hard, but stopping can be just as hard. <laughs> yeah. And you do have to take breaks, you know, you know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're asking me about like rituals, you know, earlier and I just like talked about tea, but uh, like a lot of the time if I'm not feeling it um, just like long walks are so important it's yeah, so good I mean, being here in Boulder and being able to just walk into the mountains from from my house you know yeah it's, that's yeah that's what I was going to mention too is the lo- the walks in nature that yeah. re- it's like a full reset yeah bathing your whole system like just yeah completely like I don't know electromagnetically cleansing you or something. Uh-huh, yeah. I don't know exactly what's going on, but, but and even the, it's the har- big, like the harmonious nature of nature, mm-hmm. and how it's this like network, and I don't know, especially like plants. You know how I forget what that documentary was where it was saying that trees will know where there's a tree not doing well, and they'll like divert Send resources nutrients, to it. Yeah, and that that balancing nature of nature of being in nature is uh yeah yeah there's something about being exclusively within the realm of of human designed like alternate reality for humans which is what cities are and stuff that makes you kind of retarded (laughs) um, maybe that's a a crass word to use but i mean it makes you uh uh like less aware of like how things inherently are as opposed to like, you know, how, (laughs) like maybe how you desire them or how, you know, I I don't know. There's something about the way that we design the world for ourselves that just like makes us think as little as possible and like reflect as little Mm -hmm. as possible. And like, um, and just like, ah, yeah. I mean, something about getting outside of that, um, something about like, like returning to something that is like meta too. Like, like one order of of being like underneath fundamental to the world that we've built for ourselves that mm-hmm. um, it's just so important, so refreshing and uh, like reminds us of so many possibilities of like what we can 
what we can be and what we can do with life and where our values can be that we can be just so blind to when we're stuck in this like tunnel vision rat maze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it interesting how that, that refreshing quality of being in nature, but then simultaneously human civilization, you know, human beings are born of the earth and in some way what human beings are doing is natural but that we have to pull ourselves away from it to refresh and get inspiration. But then we have this calling to bring it to this thing that we see as kind of sick and flawed and through our own creativity is like, can we, can we work together to create this harmony point to where no matter where you are, there's a balance or is it, it's strange. I, I, you know, believe that, um, if if there is a future for us, then um, then the the line between what's natural and un, quote unquote artificial is probably going to get blurrier. And mm-hmm. it, I'm looking forward to rainforest cities, you know, yeah. jungle cities. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that where everything is like orchestrated to be in in balance as opposed to this like constant like friction of forces against forces instead of like you know, taking the, the momentum of like just the, of the world doing its thing and using it to like build it, building on it instead of against it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, yeah. Being separate from like what we perceive as nature, uh, like as opposed to human, the human world and everything's like, like, definitely dissociates people from the reality of like the repercussions of the lifestyles that we live, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, hmm. well, you kind of hope in a way it's like, um, you know, we, we lived in tribes and really connected to the earth, to the ground. And then as civilization built, we got so far from that. Yeah. And then I think what is encouraging in a way is how popular and how normal it is for so many people to be artists and musicians now and how cannabis is being legalized and psychedelics are and maybe we're we've seen an error in our ways and now culture is starting to go back to that sort of nuanced meaningful connected yeah life it does feel like things are changing for the better in a lot of ways um you know in, in certain ways definitely um I mean, there are things about the distant past that I hope we never go back to, you know, that's just like, like lawless murderousness and, you know, all the stuff, all that stuff that we just don't, we don't need anymore. Hopefully. I mean, that's, but we still have that stuff with us today in the so-called civilized world, unfortunately. And that's, oh man, whole can of worms. Yeah, it is. Well, you can see it reflected in yourself, you know, like you're a flawed being that Mm. and you go through these waves of inspiration and a lot of creativity and connection and then before you know it you might start feeling fragmented again and chaotic and not as connected yeah (laughs) but then again the wave comes back again and maybe humanity as a collective does that on a larger scale of time I think it does I think it's breathing metabolism mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah I think uh, it's you know natural for flawed things to exist for things to be sick or for for things to you know need fixing and it's also natural for things to get fixed yeah you know yeah yeah um 
yeah, that's uh, just all part of part of the thing, the big <laughs> the big old thing. <laughs> part of the big old thing. <laughs> so, are you in? Are you going to be staying in Colorado for for a while? You've been here for how long? Like, well, per, I know you've been in and out a bunch. Right, I've been in and out since maybe 2012, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I've kind of, I'd say, considered it like home base or like center. Um, probably, I mean, for the better part of the past six years or so, mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, but hey, um, it feels like home. Uh, it always feels like yeah, like coming back to center when I come here. I mean, even like tried to live in, in Hawaii on the island of Maui for a little bit and came Ooh. back to Colorado and was like, ah, oh. <laughs> that's how you know. Yeah. You just go to paradise. And <laughs> if you come back home and it feels like paradise, then yeah. <laughs> maybe you found the right spot. Yeah. But there are other places I like a lot. I mean, there I have thoughts about, um, you know, like temporarily like relocating to like the Pacific Northwest or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or like just, you know, picking up and traveling again for a while. I, I don't know how long I'll have that urge, you know, yeah, yeah. before that just purely becomes like work. I don't know. <laughs> um, hopefully that never happens, but, um, right. but, um, yeah. Um, I like Colorado a lot. It feels, uh, feels right to me like i like the altitude i like the air i like mm-hmm. it being dry i grew up on the east coast it's yeah. like yeah. being humid as oh man yeah. oh man i used yeah, to think sticky. the world was like that yeah, yeah. i used to yeah, think it totally. had to be that way yeah, yeah. but i'm Same here to here. tell you it doesn't have to be that way <laughs> <laughs> all you people in humid climates just know there are other places oh man it's not even just humid it's like it's like this sticky swampy oh inescapable yeah, yeah. even if you find shade have you ever like yeah taken off from uh like a city in the southeast um on a on a humid like summer day and noticed the moment <laughs> when the plane gets like, above goes above the yeah. layer of humid oh it's like it it's goes nice. from this like pale just like like suffocating blanket of nastiness and you just like break into this navy blue and or whatever it is yeah should make a song about that oh man how do you know i haven't <laughs> <laughs> i think there's also something too in colorado about uh being around gigantic mountains that's very grounding Ooh, yeah and and humbling mm-hmm. but yeah. also like oddly empowering yeah like, yeah yeah majestic and mm-hmm. And you can climb those fuckers. Yeah. (laughs) Just staring at them like a couple hours ago thinking, oh man, I went up there last week. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) I was with you. Oh yeah. You did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where'd you guys go? NCAR. Uh, Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Went up the the Mallory Cave Trail. Ooh. Yeah. That was the first time we ever hung out. I I think so. Yeah. Unless we, yeah. I I think we've been maybe around each other. Maybe said hello. That was the first time we actually spent some time. Hey, what's up, man? (laughs) And that's... I mean, that's a cool, I think, thing to share with people is um, I found, especially out here, because it's a thing to do is to go outside and spend time in the mountains. Um, The the way you connect with people uh, walking outside, like in nature, like find some trails to go on with somebody you dig 
Maybe yep, be like, yep. hey, you want to go for a hike? There's no better way to meet somebody and connect with them. I've mm-hmm. been trying to do that like a few times a week and usually only getting like one in a week, but just yeah. like trying to get some homie or another who's nearby and be like, hey, walking time. Like, yeah. yeah. But, you know. There's uh, something about conversation coupled with motion. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This um, feeling of like constant like progress toward a certain, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. It's like. It's not even like about it being good for you, but it sure is. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like this added secondary thing. Yeah. It's more like you're, you're going through this minor ordeal with another human. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and especially like that mountain hiking where, you, where we like start below the foothills and like work up to what could properly be called mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, be, this whole like, like push against gravity yeah. that happens yeah mm-hmm. is so i don't know it feels so like it feels cathartic to me it feels like it, it fills me with energy it like forces the energy to come out of me like dormant mm-hmm. energy gets yeah. used um uh like makes me like it makes my blood pump it makes me feel like um like i'm getting closer to the sky because i yeah. am yeah yeah <laughs> and um then whenever i do that and come back down to earth like feel like i can do anything charged yeah, yeah definitely yeah exercise is good <laughs> one of those things i feel like i could not news but <laughs> but it, it is something that worth repeating it's yeah. like oh. f- find enjoyable ways to move your body like however Do it. whatever resonates yeah. with you it's very empowering dancing's pretty cool dancing's Hell really yeah. fun mm-hmm. uh-huh. isn't it interesting like you like actually like vibrating your body like back and forth vibrations like patterns that actually are resonant with the frequency of the music that you're dancing to it's wild yeah it's pretty you're cool. almost like it's pretty cool thing you like become s- a tuning fork yeah yeah you're like sacrificing yourself for something else to come and, through and shows are so much better when um people are either focused on dancing or actually focused on the music i think there's some kind of resonance this is not mm-hmm. scientific at all but some kind of resonance that happens between people just being like in the groove paying attention to the music as opposed to which i'm guilty of this for sure just networking and talking to people mm-hmm. at the show i would be inclined to agree yeah i mean i think that there's something really powerful that happens when attention gets like focused in a direction and people are able to genuinely share a group experience and that's um something that it's it's not the only reason why music exists but it seems like it's one of the really powerful things that music does yeah Mm -hmm. that um you know that is indispensable that like if we like lose that we're culturally dead you Mm -hmm. know sure sure um and it's really powerful man like just the 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 thing that happens when you know the same like musical idea cuts through the noise to be experienced by a, like a group of people simultaneously. It's a fundamentally bonding experience Mm -hmm. and it, it, you know, it it connects people like quite literally connects people. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like hiking in that way. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're pointed at the same, uh, (laughs) intention or, or goal and we're climbing the, the DJ is taking us ever (laughs) higher. (laughs) You know, or, or not, or, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they're telling you to throw your hands up <laughs> and the, it, it just occurred to me like you know there's something when you're playing music for a crowd of people like 
you might be doing something a little heavier and there might be some more responsibility there than you realize. It's uh, yeah. who, yeah. who are you? Damn. What, what Same are with you, paintings. you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, How yeah. are you paying attention? Because you are creating something that's resonating at a certain frequency that this group of people are losing their own personalities to and resonating with. Yeah. So like if, if, if you're, if there's pain or there's deceit or lies somewhere in the way that you are uh, pumping this music into these right. beings, they're getting a hit of that. So it's so tricky too, because sometimes that uh, all that shadow stuff is actually really cathartic mm-hmm. coming through mm-hmm. music. And yeah. in some ways it's honestly, it's like, uh, like that, like what you're describing becomes exponentially more of a problem in my opinion when um when like there's like a degree of posturing going on where like where like it's where the shadow stuff isn't being recognized as the shadow stuff exactly and then yeah. it's just recognized as the thing like fuck yeah or yeah. whatever or, or like you know if like somebody's i don't know just like uh, i don't know like keen on being a, like a little bit more pure than they really are mm, yeah and and they can't that you too. know then then the shadow stuff will come out in like probably more harmful ways mm-hmm. than if you know it becomes like an acknowledged like direct like part of like what's intentionally part of, i mean i mean it's but I, I didn't mean to actually like to go off on a whole tangent there because i mean like what you're saying like just that like there is a big responsibility there every time you're like putting like like feeding an experience into people's reality mm-hmm. and yeah. and that will affect you know that person those people and all the people that they touch and mm-hmm. but the thing is that's going to happen people yeah. are going to do that yeah there's going to be people making music that's going to be affecting people there's going to be people making art that's going to be affecting people telling jokes that are going to be affecting people making movies that are going to affect people and change the way fundamentally that they think about the world exactly so isn't it uh prudent that you know like if you have any kind of thing to say that you know like if you have anything to add to that conversation and you have a way to do it like authentically and in a way that feels like meaningful and like genuine and even like cathartic to you that you should do that because you're Mm -hmm. like tipping the scales a little bit in favor of like, you know, of like the authentic validated human experience being like what is valued. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you might be that 0.1% that tips the scales into the direction of love rather than hate and self-destruction whatever it is yeah yeah whatever it is it's hard to say what it is (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there's some kind of i don't know like uh like uh what what would you call it like like (laughs) i don't even know what to call it um I don't know for for lack of a better word like there's some kind of like spirit battle going on you know when when it yeah. comes to like the different reasons why people like make make art and like project it into people's consciousness and everything and there's like all kinds of reasons why people could do that you know but mm-hmm. um you know it's it's funny cuz like a lot of the like maybe the reasons why people do that that may sound like less savory on the surface if we were to like 
be sitting here judging people's reasons for making art, right? Yeah. Um, they, a lot of those things are things that resonate really heavily with large numbers of people. Mm. So in a weird kind of way, people are actually like working through some of the shittier parts of, of human life at this point in time and space, like by yeah. having the wrong motivations for making art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you're aware of that, you do have like a certain level of, I don't know, like, like you should be accountable to yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. it's very insightful yeah just to realize that yeah everybody's working through something oh yeah and I don't know maybe somebody's creating something that is you've already kind of integrated whatever that is and you've moved on but that's not to say that other people don't still have to be working through this level of awareness or all type different of stages yeah. yeah it's not even linear mm-hmm. no Good. yeah that's true because I mean yeah. it, I think every single human has both those sides and probably more that we mm-hmm. can't even really word. I think it's really unhealthy to deny that. Right. Yeah. And you just, you, you know, you got that, you got a split basically in your psyche or your heart or whatever you want to call it that, um, yeah, if you're just working through something, you might not even know it and it might actually be healthy in the end, like in the bigger picture. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All one grand, orchestra unfolding yeah at the end of the day (laughs) the orchestra of god (laughs) (laughs) so hog news day (laughs) wait what did you just say there yeah what was that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) sounded like some sort of uh gregorian chant or oh yeah yeah um all right, so you got any uh, stuff coming up? Yeah, when's your next gig? Uh, Resonance yeah. Festival. Oh, nice. In uh, Pennsylvania. It's the week before. It's like the it's the autumn equinox. It's like uh, the 19th to the 22nd of September. Mm-hmm. It's the cool. week before the uh, uh, Richmond Science Museum uh-huh, thing nice. we were talking about. And I'm really excited about that. I'm playing three sets. I don't know exactly when yet, but I think they'll all be pretty different. Uh, maybe even like use different instruments, different like, like um, play different styles of music for each one. Just mm-hmm. try to switch it up. Um, yeah, um, Tipper and Papadocio are headlining pretty much, and yeah, they're both amazing. Sounds right. like a fun one. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to make it out to that since I've seen it over the past couple years. I recommend it. I haven't. No, I haven't. Come been there on yet. out. <laughs> Let's right. ride from Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> sure you're flying. Take your moped out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I Dumb mean, dumber style. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, on the reels, though, you know, road trip, like, yeah. Mm, Maybe. Huh? Uh, uh, <laughs> you're, you're not flying, or do you have I mean, there's options. Arranged? There's options. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Let me talk to my people. Yeah, have your people call my people. Okay, and then your people can call um, the resonance people. And then the resonance people can call um, you your know, people. The state of Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. And then they'll call me. Oh, man, I called the state of Pennsylvania one time. Have you, yeah, don't I you mean, hate I when you accidentally did. do that? I, actually, oh, I did? actually did, like on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> what why? happened? Why? What, why? Oh, it was because there was this, this festival out there that um, there was like this huge, like, like breakout of like like half the festival got incredibly sick Ooh. 
Yeah, there, there were like, like multiple diagnoses coming out of that whole thing, and so many people got sick. With that, what? Um, man, there was like, the, like norovirus issue, what? and there was like, um, like E. coli, and like, Ooh, <laughs> damn, and like, like people got giardia and stuff, and what? Yeah, all it's at this one festival in the same weekend. Some dirty lettuce or something. I had this really crazy moment where, um. I was like, I, I thought it hadn't got me, right? Yeah. It hadn't got me. I was playing music, and there was a discrepancy between uh, what time slots the stage manager had on his little um, uh, guidebook there and what time slots the musicians had been given. So there was a little confusion about like start and end times and everything. And there was this one song that I really really wanted to play really wanted to play uh-huh. it was like the one that i had like rehearsed a bunch that i knew was like like specific for like that time and place it like meant something about like a person who like is now dead who like i like one of the last times we hung out was at this same property mm-hmm. and like just like there's so much personal like like it was like a whole ceremony that needed to happen was like playing this song. Mm -hmm. And I played it at a time that I thought was like 15 minutes from the end, Mm. but it was actually like two minutes after what the stage manager thought the end was supposed to be according to what the stage manager knew. Uh And, uh, and there was, uh, I think the stage manager might've also got the, got the bug or something. And (sighs) it's pretty short tempered and actually like, just like cut the sound like right in the like in the climax in the middle of this song just cut it it felt like felt like going you know like 90 miles per hour and then just like slamming the brakes and right at that moment it just hit me like a ton of bricks and i like i ran and just projectile vomited like like just like felt like i was gonna die all of a sudden everything had you know (laughs) it was very uncanny the timing of like just like the failure to complete this this like song that i had like up on this pedestal of like this song this night has to you know has to be and then like nope and then (laughs) you know (laughs) almost too much of a coincidence yeah Yeah, that's i was pretty convinced at that moment that it was completely just the song stopping that until i was sick for the next few days you know Then I knew it was something more, but yeah. they did seem oddly related. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost like the, the love of playing that and the mission was uh, overpowering whatever sickness was trying to yeah, come in there. Probably. Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. feel a, a single negative thing other I mean I mean I mean like some intense emotions but yeah. like mm-hmm. around the song, but like didn't feel like yeah, I couldn't tell at all that there was anything wrong until the music stopped. And then it was wow. all com- like it just all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few situations though where um, I'm sure you'll hear other people tell you this, where um, just the act of playing music, like play, uh, it doesn't maybe always work when you need it to, but has has made me feel like 100% while I was doing it, even when I was sick, like immediately before and immediately after. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Something kind of just 
Yeah, it takes over. It's okay. Yeah, adrenaline rush. Something to do with that. Your focus, your overall purpose. Yeah, comes to the surface and takes the wheel. I mean, yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, have you ever just like, you know, been like, you know, kind of like getting over a sickness or something, and like you're like having trouble moving or whatever, but then like, you like say you have sex and you just like, so you're like 100. percent yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. just yeah, you're just like you're, you're doing what you're doing, <laughs> you know. And then you know, 30 minutes later, or whatever, depending on you, <laughs> you're like two hours, can't bro. Get, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> can't stand up again. All of a sudden, you're like how did that just happen? I don't know. Music is a lot like that. It's weird yeah. when it's good. You know, it's happening. Um, it's very encompassing, engaging. Don't really think about anything else. Right. While mm-hmm. it's happening. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think inspiration can do amazing things, and it comes in many forms. Yeah, definitely. It's like uh, maybe a cheesy hippie trope, but creativity is medicine. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. You know, yeah, it's a cure all. Yeah, in a sense. I agree. <laughs> so. I tow the party line there with you, boys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up wrap it on up um yeah so resonance and then the dome in virginia yeah yeah that's happening too and then um well there will be some other stuff after that i'm gonna do some uh, i mean a lot of it's not announced yet but some stuff in um like oregon and northern california probably in october awesome um and there's a a show outside of austin on november 9th with solar fields oh yeah 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 Awesome. Cool. And Somatost also. And I've Solar Fields that. is like coming out from Switzerland, I think, just for this show. That's amazing. Yeah, it's going nice. to be awesome. I've never seen uh, and, uh, Solar Fields are dope. Yeah, it's going to be special. Um, some like psychedelic down tempo stuff of the luscious variety. <laughs> and uh, December 21st, uh, Atlanta with Yaima. Nice. nice. That'll yeah. be awesome too for, you know, different but related reasons. <laughs> And then do you have, for people at home that want to listen to you, do you have a preferred way for them to listen to your music? I'd say like that, you know, the most important thing is that people have access to music they want to listen to when they want to listen to it. But uh, as far as like the way that helps me out the most directly, it's probably Bandcamp. Okay. Yeah. Bandcamp is uh, probably the most direct way to support like the, like the music releases, like the music that comes out i mean like i do make money from um streaming services and stuff but if you you know know anything about that you know it's not much you know that that, um uh i mean although that is helpful and you know if you want to just like get on spotify and like turn on you know my my channel and and loop it forever while you sleep i won't complain (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, everybody listening right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you got this far loop aerothyme E-R-O-T-H-Y-M-E on your Spotify. You're going to love it. You're going to feel better. You're going to love it. It brightens up your space. Yeah. Beautiful music. Fun. Gee, thanks, fellas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming and and talking to us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Peace, guys. All right. Check you later. We love you. Love you.
Thanks for listening to another episode of RCAF Podcast. For additional images and notes on this episode, you can check out our website, rcafpodcast.com. And you can find me, Andrew Norris, at andrew.norris.arts on Instagram. And andrewnorrisarts.com is my website. And you can find me, John Speaker. My website is johnspeaker.com. On Instagram, I'm at John Speaker, and on Facebook, John Speaker Art. And we want to give a special thanks to Blair Speaker, John's lovely wife and creative director of the podcast. She also updates the website and does all the podcast notes. So thank you, Blair. And we'd also like to thank Tyler Billman. He created the music for this podcast. You can find Tyler on SoundCloud and Instagram. His name is Get Billsman. That's G-E-T-B-I-L-L-S-M-A-N. Thanks again for listening. Peace. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>